My journey began in the lush, dense forests of the Pacific Northwest. As I trekked through the undergrowth, I couldn't help but feel a thrill of excitement. I was finally on the trail of the creature I had been obsessed with for years. Along the way, I met other hikers who shared their own tales of strange encounters. One woman, Sarah, recounted a bone-chilling experience from her childhood. She and her family had been camping when they heard heavy footsteps and guttural growls outside their tent. They never saw the creature responsible, but the next morning, they discovered massive footprints around their campsite. She was convinced it had been Bigfoot. As we gathered around the campfire one night, exchanging stories, the atmosphere grew tense. The fear was palpable, and it seemed like we were all on edge. We decided it would be best to stick together for the remainder of our journey through the woods. The following day, as we trekked deeper into the forest, we stumbled upon a set of fresh tracks. They looked eerily similar to the one Sarah had described from her childhood encounter. Our excitement was tempered by an underlying sense of dread, but we pressed on, hoping to finally catch a glimpse of the elusive creature. That night, we set up camp in a small clearing. As darkness fell, we huddled together for warmth and comfort, our eyes scanning the shadows for any sign of movement. The forest was eerily quiet, and we couldn't shake the feeling that we were being watched. Suddenly, a blood-curdling howl pierced the silence. It was unlike any animal sound I'd ever heard, and it sent shivers down my spine. We were all on high alert clutching our makeshift weapons and scanning the darkness for the source of the noise. Then, as if out of nowhere, one of our group members, Jack, began to convulse violently. His eyes rolled back in his head, and his body contorted into unnatural shapes. We watched in horror as his features shifted, growing more bestial by the second. Before our very eyes, Jack transformed into a monstrous werewolf. Fangs bared, he lunged at us, snarling and snapping. We scattered, each of us fleeing for our lives, our search for Bigfoot forgotten in the face of this new, terrifying threat. We fought for survival, using every ounce of strength and cunning to evade the werewolf. In the end, it was Sarah who saved us all. Armed with a silver knife, she plunged it into the beast's heart, causing it to collapse, lifeless, at our feet. As we regrouped, battered and bruised, we couldn't help but marvel at the irony of our situation. We had ventured into the wilderness to find Bigfoot, only to discover a shape-shifting werewolf in our midst. As we made our way back to civilization, we vowed never to forget the harrowing experience that had bonded us together. I decided to make this post because I've never come across a story that lined up with the beings I saw. When I was in high school me and four other friends were hanging out and we decided to go to a park area at a nearby lake. So we park in the parking lot and start heading down the path that leads to this gazebo covered picnic area with about six picnic tables under it. It's around 8 to 9 o'clock during the summer so the sun is setting and it's starting to get dark. My friends and I are being loud and joking with each other and not really paying attention to everything around us, but I notice that there are two guys under the gazebo. So I turn and I'm like, guys, guys, there are people over there. So we look them for a second and there's one guy that has his arms crossed and leaning up against one of the gazebo posts and the other is sitting at one of the picnic tables with his arms on the table. They looked completely proportionate and human. One guy had a hoodie on with his hood up and the other guy had a hat on. So I yell, hey, what's going on? They don't say anything or move. I decided to walk over to them and one of my friends decided to follow me, but they were about 5 to 10 feet behind me. I'm walking up to the gazebo and ask again, hey, what's up guys? No response. I'm still not noticing anything weird about them other than the fact that they aren't responding. I get about two feet away from them and I approached in a way so that I had one to my left and one to my right. 
I look at the guy leaning on the post and notice I can't really see in details of where his clothes ended or if he had a mouth or eyes and this guy is about 4 feet away from me and the guy sitting down is about a foot away from me and I look down at him and see his skin. His clothes were the same. As in they were like this fuzzy, almost pixelated black. He had a perfectly human shaped face but no eyes. No nose holes. No mouth. At that moment I just freeze and it takes all my strength to get my body to start stepping back from them. I can't speak and there's no way I can turn around. It felt like my energy was being drained out of me. This whole time that was probably mere seconds but felt like a long time, they didn't move an inch or speak. I finally stepped back far enough and me and my friend that followed me to off running down the path and our other friends followed. It definitely was an I should not be here vibe from them and very bad energy coming from them. My other friends saw them pretty close and felt the same way I did. I can't explain it but if anyone has had something like this happen to them, I would love to hear about it. I never told this story to anybody but my daughter because I knew nobody would believe me. I don't even believe it. I worked at a video store back in the early 90s, and this couple came up to the counter to pay for their movies. They were talking and the girl was saying I know what I saw it was a centaur. I was like huh? Her friend said, you must have been drinking something or on drugs. After they left I was thinking the same thing, that girl was on something cause there's no such thing as a centaur. Fast forward a couple of months. Me and my boyfriend were going to a racetrack about an hour away from our town. We were making small conversation and I looked to the side of the road. The road we were on was known for deers and I was looking out. As I continued to look I saw a man on a horse and as we got closer it wasn't a man on a horse he was a part of the horse. I turned to my boyfriend and asked him did he see it. He didn't and I was not gonna tell him what I saw because he didn't believe in that sort of thing. I wondered if this was what the girl in the video store saw. I just can't believe what I saw, a centaur that's made up. Right? A long time ago before photos were relevant in Alaska, my ancestors lived in harmony with the little people. Yes, their next door neighbors and shit. They lived like that for a while until one day, one of the dogs of the native people ate one of the little people's baby, as it had stumbled too close to the dog, food was scarce to try and keep every single dog pack well fed. The little people leader met with the native leader and suggested that they put down the dog and all would be forgiven. Mind you, this was the native's finest dog, and was the leader for many years and he decided against it. Yes I know it's kind of petty and I will never understand why he couldn't sacrifice one dog, as great as he was, and try and craft another leader to keep peace between the peoples. As you'd imagine both sides split up and it's been that way ever since. It does fascinate me how life would be so much different if the native leader complied with the deal. I do wonder how it would be to live with them time to time. Anyway, one winter night in cold-ass Alaska at around 5 a.m., I went outside to smoke a cigarette. It was unnervingly quiet and dark, as it usually is that time of night. I live in a really, really, really small town that barely stretches across a mile long. Outside of my house there is one LED light connected to an electric pole that's about a block or two away. There's never anyone out riding their machines or four-wheelers that time of night and rarely ever is someone walking around, let alone running. I'm smoking my cigarette and about halfway through, I saw it, at the corner of my eye. At first I thought it was someone taking a jog, but who would be jogging at 5am on a cold winter night? Not insulting my town, but no one runs here lol, not outside at least. There are some white teachers who do run, but all the teachers were out of town, back with their families in their home state as it was Christmas season. It was also snowing lightly. I turned to look to an OF. This seven-foot mother F was just blasting down the street, I'm talking Usain Bolt shit going for that gold. 
I'm not really great at height perception, but I know he was at minimum 6 feet 8 7. But here's where it gets creepy. When you run, you move your arms, right? It's just instinct and I believe it does help you go faster with the right form. When I saw it, both arms were tucked on the side of his hips. No arms moving, but those legs were going at least 20 to 25 miles per hour. I was surprised at this point, but then I noticed something else it was doing. It watched me as it ran by I can see the Parker rough outlines at the top of its body, facing towards me the whole time it was in sight. No arms moving, only legs, looking at me as it burned through the road. Now I did say there was a bright LED light a couple blocks away from my house, and it faces towards my place, but that didn't do any help in trying to scope out its facial features, especially since the light was on the side as it was running, and completely on the other side of its face as it was looking towards me. I watched it go by as it just watched me also, it felt like an eternity but really it was only about a 10 to 15 second encounter. Right behind it, a fox was chasing him. Almost like it was its pet or something. Although it's widely known in the state big and little people have supernatural powers, one of which is being able to transform into an animal it chooses. So I really don't know if that was its buddy or its pet, I'll never know. As soon as both of them were out of my sight, I went further onto the porch to see where they went. My friend when I told them about that part said eee what if it just turn around and run towards you when you do that? That made me realize how dumb I actually was trying to observe its whereabouts and that I never in a million years would go further onto the porch just to see it again. After I saw it had gone, I couldn't fathom what I just saw until later, but I nope the F back inside even my cigarette was unfinished. I didn't even put it in the cigarette container, just flew it across the yard LMAO. I went inside, continued on like it never even happened. Went to sleep and I wouldn't talk about it for another year or so, I have no idea why. But when I did finally tell my said friend mentioned above, he immediately said the native word we have for tall people. A lot of my people choose to doubt me whenever I tell them about it, and it infuriates me because our culture has been involved with these kinds of beings for hundreds of years. We have a lot of folklore stories, but we also have a bunch of accounts based on true encounters. If you read up on supernatural beings in native Alaska, there are some horrific ones that will straight up scare the shit out of you. This happened a long time ago, and I do think of it time and time again. Like, why? Why did it do that to me of all people? I always heard stories of my friends running into little people and I never did saw them before. I would just be like, man, I wish I can run into a little person or something or something I recall saying that a bunch of times. It's possible that one of their supernatural powers could sense this. Like almost mocking me, this is what you wanted to see, huh? I wouldn't go out to places at night unless I had a ride because who knows what it would do if I saw it again. This went on for about a year, then I kind of just forgot about it I guess. Nowadays I can walk alone at night and be much less worrisome. I've done it countless times since then and if it wanted to do something to me, it damn sure would've by now. People tell me that they choose who can see them and who can't. Their stealth is unmatched, and only a select few can see the big and little people. That's why I wonder, why me? Why did it choose to do that to me? Was it just to quench my thirst for the supernatural, telling me this shit is real? I'll never know, I'm certainly not going to ask it. I believe it was 2005. I was driving around at approximately 12.30am with three of my friends in my car. We stopped so my friend and I could relieve ourselves off of Canandaigua Road down a dirt driveway. I knew the driveway was there having seen it during the daytime. It was just a place where the town of Farmington, New York, Ontario County, would dump old asphalt. I was on the driver's side of the car, my friend on the passenger side, and both of us looking in opposite directions. I saw something on the top of a small hill maybe 50 feet in front of me. I thought it was a tree initially but it turned and started moving from my left to my right. 
It was very tall, at least 8 feet, maybe 10 feet. Extremely long arms that stretched down to their knees. Was gray or white in color and had somewhat of a small head. The words that came to me were WTF is that? But before I could utter those words, my friend said, WTF is that? I turned to get back into the car which I left running but with headlights off and I saw another one in the direction he was facing. It was absolutely terrifying and if I had a gun with me, I wouldn't have done anything. But what I did was drive away as fast as possible. The other people in my car caught a glimpse of these creatures but not as well as my friend Rob and I. Initially, I could only assume they were aliens. They did not look like a monkey or Bigfoot or anything like that. They had no fur or hair and were skinny and just very scary looking. I assumed they were very dangerous and of all the time I've spent outdoors, in the woods, and in rural or mountainous areas, I've never seen anything like those things. After that, I hadn't seen Rob in several years as we lost contact with each other. I ran into him at a gas station about eight years later and the first thing he said to me was, Hey do you remember when we saw those things out in the middle of nowhere? The memory to him was just the same as mine and upon seeing me that was the first thing that popped into his mind and mine as well. Recently, speaking to a friend of mine who has a lot of interest in supernatural and paranormal things. I told her the story and she suggested that they were skinwalkers. She found some pictures that were animated of what they might look like. I definitely think that is what we had seen out there that night. I would absolutely love some insight into what these things are and why they may have been there. It does terrify me to think they had some kind of ominous purpose or could have been dangerous but I'd still love to know. Thanks for taking the time to get back to me and read this. I will attach the picture my friend Bailey sent me which is a very good depiction of what I saw. Also, I will send the exact location of where this encounter occurred. Thank you very much. My girlfriend and I were staying in a pop-up camper as campground hosts at Cascadia State Park in Cascadia, Oregon about 13 miles east of Sweet Home, Oregon during the summer of 2003. I had played some Bigfoot recordings approximately 20 minutes before getting into bed. Shortly after laying down, sounds started coming from the woods directly behind the camper. It sounded like a buck snorting, but much louder. Limbs were being broken continuously. My girlfriend and I were scared and I would not get up to go and see what was going on. The sound subsided within about five minutes. One week later, I played the sounds again through my computer speakers and the same experience happened. This time it sounded as though there was a landslide as well. The next morning, one of the campers told the ranger about hearing some strange noises and something that sounded like a landslide. My girlfriend and I never smelled anything out of the ordinary. We just heard loud snorting sounds and limbs or trees being broken. Whatever it was, it sounded mad. I promised that this took place back in the summer of 2003 and I am not saying for sure it was a Bigfoot or Sasquatch. I honestly do not know what it was but I do know that I was too scared to do any investigating at the time. My girlfriend and I went into the woods the following day but we could not find any tracks. I grew up about 18 miles from Falk, our cases where a Bigfoot creature has been reportedly been seen. I am currently living in Atlanta, Texas which is about 30 miles from Caddo Lake where you recently filmed a Mysterious Encounters episode. I just wanted to share this information about what I experienced during the summer of 2003 with you. After reading some of your experiences, I wanted to share my own to see if I could get your opinions on what me and my family saw in the Black Hills of South Dakota. About five years ago when I was 17 I visited some of my family who lived in South Dakota and worked there for the summer. After about a month my brother, sister, and her husband decided to do what Americans do best and go shoot guns in the woods. I had to work a evening shift so it was decided we'd go after, around 10 p.m. 
Once my shift ended we went to their house to pack up the truck with some snacks, guns, and ammo. The drive took around 45 minutes and it took us up a dirt road surrounded by trees and tall grass. Eventually it opened up into a clearing that was pretty open and flat. The nearest tree line was about 100 feet away. It was pretty dark but the clearing was lit up by the truck's headlights. I kind of felt uneasy, but I chalked that up to just being in the woods at night. For the first 20 minutes nothing really happened. We were just setting up plastic bottles and those plastic gallon buckets you'd get water out of at an office. There was a feeling of being watched that we all felt. The area suddenly reeked of spoiled eggs. Those of you who have shot guns know they can smell, but even since going the military no amount of guns and explosions have smelt this bad. We looked around to see if we could see the source and what I saw I can still vividly remember to this day. What I saw was a thin humanoid figure crouching down looking at us. Even while crouching down it was still about 6 feet in height. When I say this figure was thin, I mean skin and bones barley do it justice. The even weirder thing about this was we all saw the figure in different spots in the tree line, but we all described the same features. Tall, thin, had long dark hair. We quickly packed up what we could and left. The feeling of dreading felt that day will forever haunt me. Since then my brother mentioned the area might have been in native territory, but I don't know how if that's true. Every once in a while I think back on that day and I look up different stories and encounters people have in woods, but nothing quite resembles what I saw that day. I was hiking down to the beach with two mates. We came across a sign that advised not to proceed down to the rocks as it was quite steep and it was easy to get trapped out there once the tide came in. After watching the sunset and taking some pictures, two of us were into photography, we saw someone coming our way with high-vis shirt on. We were a little concerned as we thought it might be a ranger coming to tell us that we weren't supposed to be there. We noticed when he got a little closer that things were a bit off however. His shirt had symbols and markings on it that had been drawn in permanent marker. He had a weird look in his eye as though he was a bit unstable. He came up to us and asked if we had seen any caves in the area. We advised that we hadn't. He then sat down with us. We weren't really sure what to do so all four of us just sat in silence for about 30 minutes or so. We could tell he was unstable and didn't want to risk sending him off. Eventually he said so how you boys doing? We replied good, you, to which he said yeah, better now and then got up and walked back the way he had come. So I've never had a paranormal experience in my life. My boyfriend seems to have enough for the both of us. One of the ones that stuck with me the most was when we went camping last year at Ovens National Park. We had just arrived back from spending the summer in Western Canada and hadn't seen each other in four months. So we decided to spend some time together and go camping with another couple that were close friends of ours. We booked the cheapest cabin at the campground for two nights and headed out. The first day we spent there was pretty uneventful. To give some context, the park is famous for its sea caves that are carved into the rocky cliffs of the Nova Scotian shore. The first day we hiked the trail that overlooked the caves, or the ovens as they were called, and we were able to go down into some of them. That night we had a campfire, but turned in early because we're nerds. So we sat inside the small cabin and started playing cards. My boyfriend was being a sore loser, and seemed to be acting kinda strange nonetheless. He abruptly said he was going for a walk and left the cabin. I was pretty annoyed and just let him go for a while AMD didn't chase him. After about half an hour I started to get a bit anxious and called his cell. This is where things started to get really weird, he didn't answer at first, but he called me back right away. When I answered he seemed to have calmed down a bit, and I asked him where he was. He said he was sitting on a bench on the trail, then he asked where I was. This confused me a bit because I hadn't left the cabin since he left, and I wasn't likely to since I'm terrified of the dark. 
I told him this and this suddenly freaked him out and he said he was coming back to the cabin. It was weird because he's generally pretty level-headed and hard to actually scare. So after about two minutes I hear running footsteps coming to the cabin and my boyfriend comes tearing into the cabin. Then this is what he told me. He had walked out to the trails to get some fresh air and sat down on one of the benches to look out at the ocean. The moon was pretty bright that night so everything was illuminated pretty well. Then he said he heard someone walking by and he saw this really tall and pale figure stop and look at him and then continue on. For some reason he assumed this was me coming to look for him and that's when I called him and told him I was in the cabin. He said that in retrospect it was inhumanly tall and pale, thanks babe, and couldn't possibly be a person. He was not himself for the rest of the night and didn't seem normal until lunch the next day. Anyways, sorry for the long story, I made an account just to make this post. Does anyone have any ideas about what this might have been? Don't say Slenderman. I'm imagining something like the Fresno Nightcrawlers. This is more my sister's story since I slept through the whole thing. Her boyfriend lived three doors down. She was coming home late one night and noticed the garage door was open. She thought dad left it open. He's forgetful like that. But then as she approached she could see the door leading to the house from the garage was ajar. That door slammed shut automatically, it's like on a spring or something. She ran back to her boyfriend's place thinking we're getting robbed. He grabbed his baseball bat and started towards the house. Why he didn't just call the cops right away I don't know. Let's blame the teenage hormones. He was nearly at the house when a man comes out of the garage and sees him. He bolts between the two houses. He would have had to hop the two tall fences to clear the yard and get to the wooded ravine behind our house. He did it fast. They woke my parents who had enough sense to call the cops. They came and investigated but the guy was long gone. Turns out he had used my shoe to pry the house door open. Nothing was missing. Me and my parents were in the house sleeping while he just snooped, maybe watched. I slept through the whole thing. Cops and all. Sis told me about it the next day. Fast forward a couple years later. A successful army pilot is arrested for murder. This guy was a pilot for our prime minister, Canada. He started with breaking and entering in our part of town. No stealing, just snooping. He lived one neighborhood over. He eventually escalated and was caught. I'm convinced it was him. If my sister had been 15 minutes earlier who knows what he would have done if he was caught in the act. In Wyoming my co-worker and I were doing a survey miles from any road or property and I spotted a couple of big rocks that had been laid against another rock jutting out of a hill. This made a small cave shelter big enough for a person to lay down in. I walked around the other side of it to see inside. It was blocked with a tarp but I could see some bags and boots in there. After taking some pictures prior to disturbing anything I removed the tarp and found an A-frame backpack pink hiking boots and a black duffel bag. The A-frame backpack had nothing inside and neither did the hiking boots. The black duffel bag had a big black jacket directly inside probably to protect what was underneath. Under that was an old early 2000s laptop and charger and an early 2000s camcorder and charger in the main pocket. Underneath that was a bunch of camcorder tapes labeled things like 2013 stories and New York experiments. Then came a yellow folder full of letters to various people and a shit ton of driver's licenses. I didn't look at all of them but they were all of different people and the oldest I saw was a CA license from 1976. At this point I am kind of scared but also there are two zippered pockets remaining on the duffel. One on the right and one on the left. The right pocket held more letters and licenses crammed into the pocket. I moved those aside and found a hockey mask. Like a Jason horror movie hockey mask. 
the left pocket held a black skin mask complete with eye holes and a mouth cut out. Inside the mask was a smartphone and charger. Underneath all of that? A 9mm Glock and boxes of bullets. Frightened my co-worker and I hiked until we got service and called the land agency law enforcement. I was rather nervous I was going to get in trouble for disturbing a crime scene or something, but they seemed very bored by the whole thing. The next day we hiked out with law enforcement to show them the whole thing. I put everything back before leaving, and they boxed it up, thanked me and said well this is the weirdest thing I've seen. This was less than a year ago and I really want to know what happened with it all. I live out in the cornfields. I used to hike my neighbor's cornfield all the time, with permission from my neighbor who owned the cornfield. He knew my family because my dad dated his daughter way back when, and he liked him. Of course my dad and his daughter broke up, but he still liked my dad, even more so when my mom and dad became his neighbors. He had a brook running through the cornfield for natural irrigation. This brook was part of a river that spanned pretty much the whole county and it entered on his property in a forest that was on the edge of his property and my other neighbor's property. It was 100% his property, and not mine nor the other neighbor's. So one day, when I was young, I followed this brook to the forest, simply because it was summer and I had no school and nothing better to do. What I found was this nice little waterfall, not too big and not too small. It was perfect, especially with the canopy of the forest covering it. It was my little hideaway from the rest of the world. When we had a dry spell I would go there and relax on the bank of the brook and look at all the minnows and spawn that had been swept away from farther upstream. But when it had been raining the entire area was flooded so I couldn't even get to it let alone relax on the bank. After so many years in Cub Scouts and Scouts I learned the importance of keeping that area clean and I did just that. I followed what I learned from scouting and left no trace, because it was a beautiful REA and I wanted to preserve it for my next visit. Well that all changed when the other neighbor died and a family with young kids moved into his old house. Remember this wasn't their property but it was close to it. One day I went there and I found what could only be described as a war scene. The waterfall had been diverted, the brook had been dammed and there were toys and plastic bottles and wrappers everywhere. I knew immediately this was the doing of my new neighbor's kids. This place of nature and peace had become the playground for a bunch of inconsiderate children. The minnows and spawn were almost gone, I saw buckets full of them so my only guess is that the kids were collecting them and keeping them as pets. The most messed up thing I have ever seen is an area that everyone would consider beautiful and peaceful turned into a playground for inconsiderate children who could care less what they leave behind or do to it. I was solo hiking in familiar territory in a state park in northern Illinois. Went to check my phone for a map cause I got turned around and realized it had died. So at this point I'm a little worried but not really because the sun wasn't setting for another 3-4 hours. Decided to take liberty to explore, and came across a tight path leading into what I thought was a clearing. The clearing consisted of waist-high grass, with trees scattered around. Every branch about 10-15 feet up the trees was broken off, and very neatly constructed into an arch about 8 feet high. I could stand under it and reach my arms up and couldn't touch it. Right next to it was a hut, I could stand in that too no problem. No signs of encampment, or old fires, no trash. And no other paths leading out of the clearing outside of the one I came from. The whole vibe was very eerie, wish I had taken pictures or marked the location but my phone was dead. Went back the next day to see if I could retrace my steps and couldn't find it. Haven't been able to make my way back there since. Hiking in Japan, went up to a trio of mountains to see the three correlating shrines, each a bit more remote and trail more treacherous than the last. They weren't that dangerous, but the final trail had a sheer drop you edged past by holding a chain nailed into the cliff. 
came down the last mountain on what I would now consider to be the wrong side. I was coming down an old service road and there was clear evidence of landslides. Wasn't too worried about it that particular day because it had been dry for weeks. Anyway, get roughly to the base of this mountain and can only describe what I walked through as a shanty town, but the boxes and sheet metal the houses were built from were basically more spread apart. I guess it was more of a camp than a town. Anyway, the service road was dotted with these constructions for about 100 meters or so. No one was outside, but you know how you can sort of sense eyes on you? Yeah. I did actually spot a couple pairs of eyes peering out at me once or twice. It definitely felt like I was somewhere I wasn't supposed to be. Plus it was getting dark and I was racing back to the bus stop, since it was fairly remote and only came once every several hours. I ended up beating feet out of there, but it was a very weird, eerie experience. I can only guess I had stumbled upon some kind of homeless population that had holed up in what appeared to be an old campground. There were very poorly maintained pagodas and restrooms nearby as well as fire pits. I later did some very cursory digging to see what I could find out about the area, but it didn't really produce anything. The right side of the mountain was a cozy little riverside village. You'd never guess that its polar opposite was just on the other side of a mountain. Was all very bizarre. It's all kind of a fever dream of a memory. My then girlfriend and another couple went camping at Red River Gorge in Kentucky. We hiked in a couple miles and set up camp. Then after a day hike we went back out to a store to grab supplies, example beer. In the store, some guy made a comment about the other girl with us being hot and her boyfriend was a military type and really bucked up and threatened the guy. We made our way back to camp as it began to get dark and heard a rowdy group of hikers behind us which was odd given the remoteness of the area we'd set up camp in the hour of day. That's when they yelled out to us, saying we looked like we knew how to find a good spot so they were following us in. They kept going another 150 yards or so and over the course of the night we hear them shooting guns off so we instantly put our campfire out and lay down to sleep because we had camped on a ridge high enough that we couldn't get hit by a stray bullet so long as we were laying down. While we'd planned to stay another day, we just hauled out the next morning to find that the military guy's car had been smashed up a bit. Having gotten out of the forest our phones were now working well enough that we were able to call the state police. As we waited, a guy and a girl from the group came off the trail and apologized saying that one of the guys in their group had done way too much cocaine that night, flipped out and ran through the wood in his underwear to his car and had taken off in the middle of the night, and that he must have been the one to have hit us. As the troopers arrive, we recount the events. The couple says they don't know the guy's name or really anyone else in the group because they just met a few of them in jail the night before. So then the rest of the group begin to saunter out and the cops search them. No more coke but still plenty of pot and several guns. They cite them for possession of marijuana, small amounts, give them back their guns as were sitting there having just given statements against them, and the cops prepare to take off. I freaked out and told them we'd need a police escort out of town and that another officer needed to keep this group back so that we had a head start, which thankfully they did. The cops' plan though was to leave us with coke-fueled gun-toting crew who just got out of jail and with new citations because of statements we made in a remote part of a large natural forest preserve. That was their plan A. This story takes place about four months ago, when I scoffed at the existence of mysterious creatures unknown to science. At night, I was investigating odd sounds I was hearing. I looked around the area and found large claw marks on a tree. I concluded that this was a prank until I heard an ear-piercing shriek. I looked up, and suddenly, a reptilian creature flew above me. I quickly ran after it, but it disappeared into the night sky. Ever since, I've been hunting this beast, hoping to catch it. It was about the size of a tall human. Any idea what this creature could be? What should I use to lure it in?
So I've seen a good amount of strange and unexplainable things in my life, but the most recent one happened after I last moved across state. I was in the habit of taking late night walks, and everybody who does the same usually has a story of something interesting that they've seen. But one night I was walking along a jogging path, on one side a bunch of housing areas and on the other a large open field with woods on the other side from me. To give you a picture of this there's short street lamps all along this path, and a good ways ahead are a few house with the woods mentioned before running behind them, the woods being on my left side. The fence goes to them then goes left as does the path. When I was just about nearing them, I saw a creature start running towards the woods from the corner of the fence. From where I was it looked like a hairless, tailless small humanoid that ran on all fours. It ran similarly to how a monkey or chimpanzee would run. Now we have plenty of foxes in that area, it was roughly the size of one, and I was a good distance away from it, but when it got into the woods I heard all sorts of twigs and branches snapping really loudly, something a fox wouldn't do. From what I saw it was sort of a peach or paler skin tone. I wasn't scared, more of just confused as to what I had just witnessed. It happened last year just before winter and I haven't seen it since. This was in Missouri if anybody is curious. I live in a very rural part of northern New Jersey, in Sussex County. Behind my property and to the left of my house is all forest. There are a few trails. Next door to me is a protected wilderness area where you can't build on it. Every once in a while I would take my son in his little wagon and would set up on the clearing and have a little picnic. We were playing a few feet up before you go into the woods. So we're playing on the little clearing and he starts to mimic the sounds that he hears, for instance, the neighbor's dog, birds, etc. He mimicked the sounds around us, like the squirrels running by and the chipmunks. All of a sudden I turned around to get him some fruit salad or whatever we were eating that day and out of the corner of my eye I see him just stop. He's saying, mom, mom, but he's staring away, not looking at me. He's looking into the tree and he's pointing, but he's not blinking. I turned around. I asked, what do you see? Do you see a birdie? Then it hit me. There were no sounds. He starts walking into the woods, but the whole time he's looking up. He's still not looking where he's going and pointing up into the tree. The only movement I see besides my son are leaves rustling in the trees. Then I see it and it's like heat rising up off the concrete on a sunny day, but it's in the tree and it's like crouched down. One arm is out to the side and its knees are bent. Immediately I feel this thing's glare burning into me. Then I hear the clicking sound. As soon as his eyes snapped to me my son looked at me and freaking panicked. It literally had the shape of a humanoid. It's so hard to explain because it was human-like but the way it was crouched reminded me of a praying mantis. My son is then mimicking a clicking sound that this thing was making. I grab my son and we run back to the house. All the food and everything is left in the woods. I told my friend about what we experienced that evening. He went back into the woods and gathered my belongings. He stayed in the woods for about an hour, telling me later that he did not see or hear anything unusual. That was six months ago. It is now February 2023. I have read a few Glimmerman reports from others online. When I go outside during the day, I occasionally hear those same clicking sounds coming from the woods. At night, while in bed, I hear the faint clicking sounds emanating from the deep woods. I believe that this glimmer man is stalking us. I asked my neighbors if they heard the strange clicking sounds. They have not. Maybe I am only allowed to hear them. I will keep you updated. I will be 67 years old in March 2023 and have hunted in my early days and fished all my life. I spent countless all-nighters on a sandbar catching catfish before the sun came up, in my 20s 40s in a tree stand with my bow, then migrated to my .44 Magnum hand cannon for whitetails. 
I was never happy hunting until I reached the deepest, darkest dungeons of the forest or timber I was in. When I moved to Michigan from Iowa after my wife passed it was like a treasure trove of outdoor activity. I met and remarried my now wife in 2004. We live on the east side of Lake Michigan toward the tip of the thumb. Lately, I fish very little and stopped hunting because of the intense pressure in my age. Just not fun anymore. But I continue to competitive shoot. After moving to Michigan I started hearing stories about the Michigan Dogman. I just blew it off. About five years ago there was a sighting by a man named Joe Barger, a semi-truck driver that was hauling a load in the up. He stated that this creature tried to crawl into his moving truck. He stated that he shot this creature in the head and watched it fall to the ground as the truck sped away. About three to four months ago I read a local story about a dogman sighting just north of us in a small town named Port Hope. We live on a 4.5 acreage with a very high banked creek that flows behind the old farmhouse. We have chickens, goats, pigs, two cows, and barn cats and dogs. I believe it was early October 2022. I was out in the back by the creek when I heard what I thought was a faint growl. I didn't think much of it until I got back inside and I asked which one of our dogs is outside. My youngest replied they are all in the house, and no dogs were out. My wife looked at me and asked, why? What is wrong? She asked if I was okay. She said the color simply drained right out of my face. She was concerned because she knows that there is very little that scares me. I told her I was out back and I thought that I heard one of the dogs growling. She said they have been inside before you went outside. I grabbed my .44 and a flashlight and went out back. I didn't hear or see anything. I cautiously went out back again the next night to just look around, and I heard the growl again. But this time it was a lot louder and it sounded like it was right behind me, like just feet away. I quickly turned around pointing my .44 in that direction. I saw nothing, but the lower branches of the pine trees moving. There was an ill wind. I quickly moved back into the house. My wife looked at me again and simply said, What? My wife is from Michigan. I never met my father-in-law because he died of cancer in the early 80s. I told her what I experienced the last two nights and the color drained from her face. She stated, you can't be serious. I told her, does it look like I'm joking? She walked over and sat in her chair and began telling me a story told to her by her dad about a deer camp many years ago. She said her dad told her of a time at deer camp when they saw a man with a face like a dog. She said that her dad never went hunting after that again. Anyway, when I go outside at night to feed the critters I carry my .44. We live on a flat farmland area of the thumb. The biggest thing that scares me is the creek. You can spit and hit the creek it's that close. The scary part about the creek is it has high banks on both sides. Even a very tall creature could walk down the center of the creek for miles, unseen, in any direction because the sides are so high. You would never even see it. I wasn't sure if I needed to tell anyone this because I didn't actually see anything other than moving branches and heard that horrible growl. But what I experienced wasn't normal, but it was real. Okay, so first off these stories are 100% true. Most were told by family and friends through the years. Along with some of my own encounters in the rural mountains and ridge lines of my county. Of course, as with all creepy stories to give you a good scare, take them with a grain of salt. However, I must still say that these stories are as real as me sitting here writing this up. I hope you all find these as interesting as I do. I have grown up in eastern Kentucky for several years since the age one my family, both sides have grown up in the rural Appalachias their whole lives as well but as with modern times moved to the small town nestled here in a valley situated in between rolling hills and deep ridge lines. 
Where the following stories take place is a rural area nestled deep in the Appalachian Mountains. It's got a name and it's considered a county. However, the area where my dad's family grew up in within this area and where these stories come from is more like a collection of deep ridges and mountain folks than anything else. Just to clear up any confusion that this is in an actual town. During the early days of the settlers, these mountains were home to the Cherokee Indians, many cemeteries in. This area has actually around 30 to 40 graves of Native Americans buried there marked with stones and rocks rather than a more traditional Indian burial routine in the 1800s George Washington's aide-de-camp Carl Grayson was bestowed upon him a 70,000 acre piece of land which now is where my town is located at today. Story 1 in the 1970s or 80s my mom and her aunt along with her small cousins were driving in an empty road just outside of town when they created the top of a hill where an abandoned farmhouse stood they stopped their car in its tracks when they saw a massive hovering saucer-shaped craft hovering over the house. Frightened my mother and her aunt booked it out of there at a high rate of speed scared they continued down the mountain back to town quickly however when they looked in the river view mirror they saw the craft coming after them at a high rate of speed tailing the car and keeping up with it they attempted multiple times to evade the craft but to no avail. It chased them for over a mile back to town until finally just at the edge of the county road that leads back into the town it finally disappeared. My mother has told this story at least 100 times to family and friends most of which believe her, as they too have seen strange lights in the sky in and around various areas of the community, though some don't she drew me a picture of the spacecraft a few years ago which I still have. It's grey and almost metallic looking by the way she drew it it has red lights on all edges of the bottom of the craft along with a few green lights on the sides of it, if anyone wants to see the sketch I will happily oblige. Story 2 When my mother was a child, old enough to know when something is going on, was at home with her parents and siblings one night a man whom her mother and family already knew and were acquainted with barged into the house scared out of his wits. He lived in a cabin deep within the woods some miles away during his stay there he reported poltergeist activity, orbs, and paranormal activity within the property and house itself. He would go on to tell my grandmother that reportedly he was tormented all night by a demon who threw pots and pans, glasses, and even furniture at him this went on for almost the entire night it would throw them completely out of the cabinets almost hitting him with it it also reportedly started knocking and tapping on the sides of the house and thumping the walls and ceiling. Finally he mustered up the nerves to utter the Lord's Prayer and attempt to rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ this seemed to piss if off even more and causing it to become even more aggressive and now would try to kill him with more heavier objects. He ran from the house and spent around seven to eight hours walking through the woods and rural country roads back to my grandmother's house. While on his way to the house he reported that he could hear footsteps trailing him in the woods and next to the road, but he could see anything it continued this for several hours until he finally reached their house. Story 3 In the 90s in town sat a white brick house at the top of a small hill a man and his wife lived for several years the man was in his 40s or 50s and the woman somewhere around the same age, I believe. Anyways one day while my mother was working at a local gas station where the woman also coincidentally worked at the man had called her saying that something was wrong with the gas in the house and he was going to go look at it to see if he could fix it. The gas was located in the basement. He went downstairs and laid on his back and crawled up under the thing to see what had happened he lit a match and immediately the house exploded sending rubble everywhere and a massive fire hall and smoke that could be seen throughout town the man's wife who saw the explosion from the gas station ran home to discover the house gone and nothing left but its foundations. The man's body, as one might expect in a situation like this, was blown into pieces with body parts even littering some neighboring houses. Since then it has become a local legend that the man's spirit haunts the house that was built on the land where the original one stood. The show Ghost Hunters, or maybe another ghost hunting TV series, actually filmed an episode here because of the experiences by the home's inhabitants everything from pots and pans rattling and stuff being thrown around to actual manifestations inside the residence. Ah! 
I was on a ruck run or all-day land navigation course for training and it's getting real dark in the woods and I get the feeling in being watched. I figure it's one of the instructors shadowing me so I stop and look out into the brush off the little game trail I was on but I couldn't make anything out. I shake it off and keep on my way because this is timed evolution. Then I hear loud thumping footsteps and it sounds bipedal and huge. I freeze up and in my natural night vision was kicking in a couple of minutes ago and I see this big ass tree and I see something move behind it and I figure it's just a hog or black bear because they frequent the area. Also I'm trying to rationalize. I stand up tall and growl kinda throaty under my breath not really loud at all and not two seconds later this monstrous or demonic growl like in the movies when that monster roars like that happens. I'm a man of science, but at the time all I'm thinking is paranormal and I, Usain Bolt laser beam the F out of there until I make it to a checkpoint and catch my breath. And try to explain to the watchman what happened. Naturally they told me it was a bear and to stop being a bitch. This bothers me till this day. I have been to the zoo and heard lions roar. I grew up hunting with my family and heard grizzlies too and this wasn't that. It was so loud and alien like something I've never heard before and loud like a metal concert. I felt real small and vulnerable that night. I was in Friedrich Park. A large hilly bird preserve, with meadows and forests, and miles of trails, in San Antonio, on the high meadow. I looked out into the high grass and saw huge, blue-green eyes. The cat they were attached to was about the size of a very large German Shepherd. I thought, interesting, and ran. I made it to the part of the park that has stairs made of logs. The park has been the subject of several Eagle Scout projects, and there are vertical, raggedy ladders in the hillside. Past the climb up, log stairs go down into dense, dark, live oak forest, at about a 70 degree angle in some places. You have to hang onto trees to stay vertical on the path. In the forest, I heard nothing. I took the long loop through the back of the park, down through the wooded riverbed and up through the stone sheep trails at the edge of the cliffs. In a tunnel of trees, I heard something and then saw the mountain lion again. It was looking at me again in the long grass. It must have tracked me for miles. I ran as fast as I could over uneven limestone rock formations, until I got back to a paved path. I met a couple with children and told them not to go up. Apparently, you're not supposed to run from mountain lions. I was in Qatar on an extended layover coming back from a trip to Thailand and decided to go on a dune bashing tour that included an overnight stay in a Bedouin camp on the edge of the Persian Gulf. The camp was set up to accommodate at least 100 people, but it was just me and my boyfriend that night, along with 10 or so people who worked there. It was absolutely beautiful and remote, with the weather so perfect that we decided to sleep outside on the beach. We found ourselves spending most of the night awake, listening to the water and stargazing. Suddenly we heard what sounded like a small boat going by in the water not more than 100 yards offshore. Although it was around 2 or 3 a.m., the boat had its lights off and we could only barely make out its dark shape as it quietly slipped past. My boyfriend motioned for me to be still and we stood in absolute silence until we were confident that the boat had gotten far enough away. We surmised that it was smugglers or someone definitely doing something sketchy who didn't want to be seen. After that, we spent the rest of the night thoroughly creeped out and didn't venture too far away from the camp again. My husband and I were driving around some BLM land in southern Utah trying to find a place to camp for the night. We got to the end of the road and found a spot to pull off and set up camp. There was an old homestead so we went up to check it out before setting up camp. To our surprise, there was a car parked near the cabins, but not a single person in sight. The homestead was at the base of some mountains and valleys. There were no trails for these people to be on. Plus, the lights in the car were all on. 
We thought maybe they had just gone off exploring so we headed back to our truck. On the way back our dogs ran down to the creek bed so went after them. In the dry creek bed was a tarp or tent wrapped up and held down with some rocks. Our dogs were super interested in what was under there and we were definitely not. We got them out of the creek bed and into the truck and drove far away to camp for the night. I hope it was just a weird coincidence and the people were just on a hike. But they still probably came back to a dead battery. I was 12 years old while I was visiting my friend Max at his house. I hadn't seen him for a year because we went to different school. Max lived on a rural piece of land. They had a big house his parents made, a field, then, if you followed a road for a bit you'd arrive at a patch of dense, Oregon woods. I would often go outside at home, but I was never smart enough to wear hiking boots, so I always wore tall rubber boots. Anyways, we decided we would follow the road for a bit and cut into the woods and make a fort. So, we got going, and we found a spot to cut into the woods by some construction vehicles. Now, this wasn't on his property, so there was a lot of stuff related to development and deforestation. So, we were going to cut into the woods, when one of us saw it. There was a pile of maybe 20 cow skulls and a good amount of coarse cans. We marked his as odd, built our fort in the woods, and walked back to the house for some homemade cheese and crackers. I was good friends with my neighbor and his family when I was a teenager. My neighbor was a youth pastor of a local church. Apparently someone at the church decided to do a backpacking trip in Yosemite National Park. My neighbor had never been backpacking before and he knew I was an avid backpacker and hiker, so he basically begged me to go with him. I agreed and met his youth group, jeez, what a bunch of misfits. These kids, ranging from 14-17, I was 18 at the time, and they were poorly behaved, some had bad attitudes, and one in particular bragged long and loud about how he'd wrestle a bear. We hiked up the Mist Trail into Little Yosemite Valley, which is on the backside of Half Dome. We spent the day hiking in some really nice territory. I didn't much care for my group, but the 19-year-old, 5-feet female trail guide was friendly so it wasn't a total loss. The campsite at LYV is backpackers only, so the site is basically a forested area with a few felled trees which act as markers for the different campsites. It was summer and fair weather so we didn't bring tents, sleeping out on tarps and sleeping bags. As I was trying to bed down and go to sleep, a couple of the punks in the group thought it was funny to lob small sticks and stones at me. I asked them to stop but these punks just laughed and kept it up. It sufficiently pissed me off that I vowed to get even. I waited until the chatter died off and the sounds of deep sleep breathing grew around me. The forested campground was pitch black on a new moon night, no campfires allowed, and quiet all around. The only differentiation between blackness of surroundings was the velvety purple of the night sky blazing with millions of stars. I crept out of my sleeping bag and crawled on my hands and knees, carefully brushing the forest floor in front of me, clear of needles and twigs, which there was a lot, so that as I moved I wouldn't make any sounds. I crawled over to the two punks who threw stones at me and found their hiking boots, and tossed their boots off into the bushes. Then crawled back to my sleeping bag silently and went to sleep with a grin on my face. Sleep came quickly after that. I snapped awake sometime later, still pitch black inky darkness all around, and everything is completely, totally, eerily silent. I happened to be laying on my side when I awoke and I awoke completely, no middle groggy ground, just snapped awake from a dead sleep. I could see a narrow sliver of velvet night sky between the trunks of trees, about five six feet off the ground. Right at that moment, a shadow broke the bottom edge of that sliver of night sky. My breathing froze and my heartbeat ratcheted up quickly. I lay still, totally awake staring wide awake into the darkness, straining with all my senses, listening. Nothing. 
silence. I told myself it must have been an owl gliding through the darkness on silent wings and closed my eyes and slowed my breathing trying to go back to sleep. I start to drowse off again when all of a sudden, one of the backpacks in the line of backpacks that were set against the fallen marker log of our campsite starts to jingle while the zippers started jingling. I froze again, trying to figure out what the heck would make those zippers jingle as no other backpack zippers were jingling. Right then, our 19-year-old, 5, feet trail guide flicks on her flashlight. Six inches away from a brown bear's face. The bear had chomped onto the backpack and was doing a full reverse tug trying to make off with it, but the dead log had snapped limbs and by pulling the bag, it had torn the nylon and hopelessly snagged it. It took a moment to register. There is a bear in camp. Six feet to my left. Our trail guide starts yelling at it and hitting it in the face with small stones she scooped up off the forest floor. Ya bear! Yeah! This woke up the whole camp pretty quick and someone started blowing one of those ultrasonic whistles. The bear gave up and sprinted out of camp, dodging between tents, shaking its head like it had bees in its ears. It didn't come back. Turns out one of the punks who had been throwing stones at me while I was trying to go to sleep left a bag of trail mix in his backpack. <laughs>